Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the praise. We give you all the adoration. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your presence. We ask, O oh God, that you speak to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, have your way in our midst. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm speaking on pursuing Christ with the right motive. And I'll be looking at one chapter in the book of John. A very long chapter. And we are going to read a lot of verses today. But I pray that um, you follow the message that I'm sharing today. In John chapter 6. Verse 1. I'm going to read to you verse 14. The Bible says that after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up the mountain and sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, now the Passover a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them shall may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here. Who has five barley loaves and two small fish? But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted, so they were, they were filled. He said to the, his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five baby loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, Truly, this is a prophet who is coming, who is to come into the world. I mean, this is a story that we are very familiar with, very long passage. I'm going to read other passages, but I want you to follow. The miracles that Jesus Christ did in the book of John are called signs. All the miracles that Jesus Christ did. Are called signs and they were called signs because they pointed people to his divinity to show people that he was God and so in the book of John there are seven miracles or the seven signs that are recorded the first one is when Jesus Christ changed water into wine the second one is when Jesus Christ healed the son of a certain man the third one is when Jesus Christ healed the lame man the man who who was at the the porch or who was sitting by the river that was stirred up by angels at a certain point in time. The fourth one is when Jesus Christ multiplied the bread to feed the people, the bread and the fish to feed the people. And that is what we just read. 
The fifth one is when Jesus Christ walked on the water. The seventh one is the healing of the blind man. And the seventh one is the raising of Lazarus. So in the book of John, all the miracles that Jesus Christ did are called signs. And they are called signs, like when you have a signpost that points people to a certain direction. And so these were signs to show people that he was God. So most people, as we read from the beginning, the Bible says that most people came to him because they saw the signs that he performed. In John chapter 4, he said, Jesus Christ himself said, unless you people see the signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And so a lot of people came to Jesus Christ because of the signs that they saw him perform. But this morning, what I want us to establish is that the signs are not the reasons why we come to Jesus Christ. They shouldn't be the primary goal why we come to Jesus Christ. Even though Jesus Christ is concerned about our physical needs, even though Jesus is going to bless us, that is not the reason why he wants us to come to him. That should not be our objective why we come to him. And we are going to see that from the scripture. If you remember the story of Moses, how Moses encountered God. And the Bible says Moses saw the burning bush and the, the, there was fire in the bush, but the bush was not burning. And so Moses said, let me go close and see what that is. And when Moses went close to the burning bush, God used that as an opportunity to call Moses and send him out on a mission. And so the goal and the objective was not the burning bush, but then God used that to draw him so that he could send him out. In the same way, the signs that Jesus Christ performed were not the ends, but they were just the means to an end to draw the people to himself. Because all the people that Jesus Christ healed, they died again. All the people that he raised from the dead, physically they died again. And so that was not the objective. That was not the whole point. But the whole point of having a relationship with Jesus Christ is eternal life. And so the focus of our relationship with Jesus Christ is not so that he will bless us so that we have a lot of money. He can. I believe God can. And I believe God will. But that is not the point. And so when you hear people preaching about Jesus Christ and all they are promising is that come to Jesus Christ and you will be healed. It is good that you are healed. Come to Jesus Christ and you will be able to raise the dead. It is good that you raise the dead. But if you raise a person from the dead and thank God that you give the person another opportunity, but the person does not accept Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior and they die again, it is of no use to that person. The healing that took place did not benefit the person. So if, if somebody is able to live to 100 years and the person does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is of no use. Because the main reason why Jesus Christ came here on earth is so that we will have eternal life. So that even when we are no more here on earth, we will still be in the presence of God. And so he healed people. He demonstrated that he had power over nature. He fed the people. Listen, we have to know that Jesus Christ is concerned about our physical needs. And so when I'm preaching, I'm not saying that Jesus, God doesn't care about our physical needs. No, 
God is concerned about our physical needs. When Jesus Christ saw that the people were hungry, the Bible says he gave them food to eat. He fed them until they had enough to eat. Everyone had enough to eat and he told them to pick the, the broken pieces and put them together. From there also we learn another lesson that God does not want us to be wasteful with the things that he blesses us with. Because after they had finished eating, Jesus Christ told them that they should pick the pieces together. For somebody who is able to, to pray over a little little bread and then fish for, to feed 5,000 people, you would think that he wouldn't be concerned about the broken pieces. But he was teaching us a principle there that we should not be wasteful with the resources that he has blessed us with. We should take good care of them. And so when he, he instructed them, after he had fed, fed, fed all of them, he told them that the, they should put the broken pieces together. And so when God blesses you, he doesn't want you to be wasteful with the resources that he has, he has given you. And so even though God is concerned about our needs, he doesn't want us to relate with him on the basis of those needs. That when you come to God, all you are looking for is, when I serve God, he's going to bless me. Imagine that you have a father, you have a relationship with a father, and all you care about is what you can get from him. That is not what God wants from us. God wants a relationship with us. And, and, and so Bible tells us from, from the beginning that in Genesis, God came down to have fellowship with Adam. Today, God still wants to have fellowship with us. But if we treat God like an ATM, we just go, we take what we want, and then we go. God doesn't want us to treat him like an ATM. The Bible says, but do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. And so God knows that you need material things. And he's going to supply and provide the material things. But that should not be the focus of our relationship with him. The Bible says that these people, the passage that we just read, says that a great multitude followed Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the signs that he did. They saw Jesus Christ healing the sick, turning water into wine, raising the dead. And because of that, the Bible says they followed Jesus Christ. And finally, Jesus Christ brought them to a place multiplied bread, fed them. And when he had fed them with the bread, Jesus Christ left them and went to another place. Now the Bible tells us, when we read further, I'm going to just read another passage right now. The Bible says that on the following day, that is the following day after these guys had eaten the bread, when, I mean, when you read the whole passage, you realize that Jesus Christ left the place that he fed them to another place. And the disciples went by a boat, but Jesus Christ, um, that was when Jesus Christ walked on the water to the disciples. So in verse 22, the Bible says, On the following day, when the people were standing on the other side of the sea and saw that there was no other boat there except the one which the disciples entered, and that Jesus was not, sorry, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone alone. However, those, sorry, however, other boat came from Tiberias near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw 
that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples. They got into the boat and came to Capernaum. So these were people who were following after Jesus Christ. They pursued Jesus Christ. Because when they saw, after they had eaten their bread, Jesus Christ and his disciples left. When the people realized that Jesus Christ and his disciples were not there, the Bible says that they got into a boat and they, they went to seek for Jesus Christ. So in verse 24, the Bible says that his, when they saw that Jesus and his disciples were not there, they got into a boat and they came to Capernaum seeking Jesus Christ. For any person who wants people, who wants a following, when you see people seeking after you, even when you have left them, this was going to be an exciting moment that these people are passionate enough to take the boat all the way from where they were fed and they came to seek for Jesus Christ. And they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, and, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal upon him. So these men came to Jesus Christ. They went through the hassle and they came to Jesus Christ. You will think that, oh, Jesus will be excited to see these people. They came all the way, but Jesus Christ said, in fact, you guys, I know that you did not come here because of the signs, but you came here because I fed you with bread. This is not a person who is happy to see these guys because he wants them to have the right motive when they come to him. And this morning, this is what I want us to recognize, that when we come to Jesus Christ, he desires a genuine relationship. He fed these people and they were satisfied. They ate bread. So they wanted more bread. And so they came to him. Most of the times you hear people preach that come to Jesus Christ and you prosper. You make, you have a lot of money. You'll be healed. All those things are good. Those things are just an overflow of our relationship with him. But the main reason why we come to him is so that we'll have eternal life. So that whether we are dead or alive, we'll have a relationship with him. So Jesus Christ, in a way, rebuked these people that they went through all the hassle. They went through, the, they took a boat all the way to Capernaum just for bread. Not because they wanted to hear the message that Jesus Christ had for them. Not because they wanted to listen to Jesus Christ preach to them. But they came all the way because they were fed with bread. And Jesus Christ was not happy with that. So, beloved, when we come to God, he expects that we come to seek him genuinely to have a relationship with him. The reason why we are doing all this is so that one day we'll have eternal life. No, sorry, not one day we'll have eternal life, but one day we'll spend eternity with him. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, he gives you eternal life. And that is the focus. That should be our focus. That when we come to God, that when we are pursuing, as this year we have set our heart to pursue God, our objective for pursuing God 
is so that one day we'll spend eternity with him. Paul said, one thing that I do, forgetting the things that are behind, I press on for the, for the, for the final goal, that one day I will attain unto the resurrection. Everything we are doing here for God, it's not because we want him to bless us. It's because one day we want to spend eternity with him. And I'm not saying that God is not going to bless us. No, that's not what I'm saying. God is able to bless us. And God has promised from the scripture. When I just read Matthew chapter 6, from verse 31 and verse 32, he says that he knows that we need these things. The things that the Gentiles seek after. The Gentiles, they don't seek after eternal life. The Gentiles don't seek after a relationship with Jesus Christ. What they seek after is to have money, to buy good cars, to, to buy good houses, to beautiful houses, to buy good clothes, to live a good life. This is what they seek after. But the Bible says that for, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? God knows that we need these things. And he's going to provide. He said, your father knows that you need these things. And in verse 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he will, give, he will grant you all these things. And so God wants us to come to him with a heart that seeks after him. After him, I mean, after his presence and not after the things that he's able to give us. And so when people preach and they make the, the, the goal of their preaching or the goal of their message, that come to God, he's going to bless you. Come to God, he's going to heal you. And sometimes people get frustrated when they don't see these things happen because they miss the whole point. But he says, seek after righteousness first and all these things will be given to you. Don't come and seek after these things. You see, what sometimes God healed the Bible... Um, um, Jesus Christ told the people that unless they see these signs, they were not going to believe. Sometimes those signs are for unbelievers to come to, to the faith. So when they see the signs, when they see that they have been healed, then they believe that truly there is God. When they see that God has supplied and provided their need, then they, see, they know and they have faith that there is God. But for those of us who believe, the reason why we pray the reason why we wake up every morning to pray, it's not so that God will give us bread. It's not so that God, and of course, he's going to do all these things. But our desire, our motive for following God is to be that we want to, we should be that we want to be with him. We want to be in his presence, that we want to have a, a relationship with him because that is what God desires. A relationship with us he created man so that he will have fellowship with man and so when he wants to have fellowship with you and all you want is what he's able to offer you we miss the point and God is not pleased with us of course God can bless us but that is not what he wants us to follow after in verse 28 Jesus Christ after Jesus Christ has told them that listen let me just go back to verse 27 he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God has, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And so when the people came to Jesus Christ and they wanted physical bread to eat, he pointed them to the everlasting bread. 
He said, you rather need the bread of life. You rather need eternal life. So the whole point is that I am drawing you like the burning bush. Come and watch. Come and look at the burning bush. But it's an opportunity for me to have a relationship with you. So he drew them with the bread, with the signs. The signs pointed them to the divinity and showed them the fact that Jesus Christ was God. But after they have come to Jesus Christ, what he wanted them to have most was eternal life. Because after they had eaten the bread, after they, are, they, they have been raised back to life, after they have been healed, after they have drunk the water that is turned to wine, if they don't have eternal life, if they are not going to spend eternity with God, then it's of no use. It is useless. After we have spent all this time in the presence of God, we have come to church, after we have prayed so many times, so many days in our lives, if we never get to spend eternity with God, then we have missed the whole point. And that is why when it comes to doing charity, I believe in charity. It is a life that I have lived. It is a life that I have lived. I was going to set up examples of things that we have done in the past, even before I became a pastor. But when we do charity and we give it out to all to people, we meet their physical needs and we don't meet their spiritual needs. We have missed the point. Yes, we will give them clothes. Yes, we will give them food. But if we don't get the opportunity to share the gospel with them. You see, as passionate as we are to meet people's physical needs, we should have the same passion to meet their spiritual needs. Because some, there are people who are poor in this present world, like we see in the Bible, a man called Lazarus, who was poor in the present world. But when he died, he had a better place than the man who had everything in this in this present world. So when we, when we are passionate about the physical needs of the people, we also have to be passionate about their spiritual needs because the spiritual needs are more important than the physical need. If somebody today is sick and the, person's, the person knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior and the person dies, for those of us who have lost the person, we feel the pain. But if the person knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, and the person lived only up to 40 years or only up to 30 years, and the person dies, the person is better than somebody who lived 100 years and never knew Jesus Christ, was not saved. Because eternity has no limit. Eternity is not 40 years or 100 years. And so the point that I'm making is not that I'm not, I'm not praying that believers will have long life. Yes, we pray that we'll have long life. But the most important thing is that we have a relationship with God. And so as we pursue Christ, as we read the Bible, as we fellowship, as we come to church, the ultimate objective is that we are, pers we are pursuing eternal life and eternal relationship with him. So after Jesus Christ rebuked them because they followed him because of bread, and he told them that I'm going to give you the bread of life. What you need is the bread of life, not the bread that you eat today and be hungry tomorrow. And listen to them again. They said, then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work, work the works of God? And Jesus answered them. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. 
Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform? These people, Jesus Christ is pointing them to the right direction, telling them, listen, the work of God is that you will believe in the one whom he has sent so that you have eternal life. And they, they went back again. They are still looking for a sign. He says, what they asked him, what sign will you perform? That we may see and believe. What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna. They are still, they are still after the food. Our fathers ate the, the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give bread, did not give you bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So he's pointing them to the real bread that they need. It is bread for the soul so that their souls will live into eternity. Then, he said, then they, said to them, they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. So you see, they still don't understand. Their focus is still on their physical needs. Their fathers ate bread, and, and, and they, they, even the bread that was given to their fathers, they complained. Now Jesus is saying, listen, it's not physical bread that you need. You need the bread that has come down from heaven. I am the bread of life. I am what you need. Then they are saying, oh God, then give us this, oh Jesus, then give us this bread always. Then Jesus Christ says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, sorry, but I said to you that you have seen me and, and yet do, do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all that he had given me, I should lose none, but that I should raise them up at the last day. So the desire of the Father is that everyone who comes to him, he will raise him up on the final day. It means that you are going to have eternal life. You are not, be, you are not going to be cast to hell, but you are going to have eternal life. So Jesus Christ tells these people that, listen, the bread that you need is not manna or it's not physical bread, but you need the bread that comes down from heaven. I am the bread that comes down from heaven. I am what you need. And when Jesus Christ told them this, they became offended. And they started cursing. That what, what is he talking about? Is this not... Let me, let me just share that with you. He says that after he had told them this, then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread of life. Or I am the bread that come from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he says, I come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not remember among yourself. No one come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And so these people all this while, they knew that he was Jesus. He, they knew him. That he was just the, 
His father was a carpenter. But when he gave them the bread, they didn't refer him back to his past. They ate the bread. And now they are saying that, is this not Jesus? Why is he saying that he's coming from heaven? They became offended. And at this point, they stopped. some of them stopped following Jesus Christ. Because he says that I am the bread of life. They were too focused on the sign. They wanted the sign more than eternal life. And today I see that happening in, in our churches. I see that happening in our generation. That we are more focused on the things that God is able to do for us than eternal life. Our focus is some people are saying, oh, come to Jesus Christ, you will have a lot of money. Come to Jesus Christ, you'll be able to live a good life. Come to Jesus Christ, he will bless you. But Jesus Christ doesn't want us to come to him because of these things. But he wants us to have fellowship and a relationship with him. Verse 60 to 61. The Bible says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you they are spirits and they are alive. But there are some of you who do not believe. Here he was talking about Judas, who was one day going to betray him. The Bible says in verse 66, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So after Jesus Christ has said, listen, your focus should not be on the physical things, your focus should not be on the bread that I can give you, but your focus should be on eternal life. The Bible says that many of his disciples went back and they did not walk with him again. The people who went through difficulty, who went, got a boat and they traveled all the way to Capernaum to meet Jesus Christ because he said to them that your focus should be on eternal life and your focus should not be on the things that I'm, the material things that I'm able to give you, they stopped following him. Sometimes, there are people who come to church and they are just looking for an opportunity. They are looking for, they are waiting for the pastor or the church to make a mistake. They are looking for a reason why they want to stop coming to church. A lot of people are like that, especially here in America. People go to church and they are waiting for the pastor to make one mistake so that they can stop coming to church. But Peter said, to whom shall we go? Peter said, we are locked in with you, Lord, because we know that you have eternal life. 
So even though most people stopped following Jesus Christ, Peter said, we know that you have eternal life. And that was the reason why the 12 people were still following Jesus Christ. Let me say the 11 people, because one of them still did not believe. The 11 followed Jesus Christ because they realized that they are going to have eternal life by following Jesus Christ. And God wants us to come to him because we know that we are going to have eternal life when we follow him. And so when our physical needs are not met, when we come to God and we pray and we want him to do something for us, and we think that he has disappointed us, even at that point when we think that he has disappointed us, sometimes all of us have moments where we feel like, God, I have prayed for this, I have believed for this, I have fasted for this, but you did not answer my prayer. And sometimes we get offended. But you see, if we believe that he is able to give us eternal life, that sometimes, even when we feel like he has not answered our prayer, because we know that when we follow him, we will have eternal life, we will continue to follow him. Because sometimes the things that we lust after, the things that we desire God to do for us, are not his perfect will for us. And so even when he doesn't answer those prayers, we know that we cannot have eternal life from any other person. So Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? We know that there is no other person who can give us eternal life. And so if our motive for following God, our motive for following Christ is that we want eternal life, then we know that there is no man who can give us this eternal life except him. So no matter what happens, we are locked in with him. Like Peter said, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Peter knew that Jesus Christ is the only source of eternal life. And so he said, Also we have come to believe and know that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, that we should not judge anything before a time until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one will have, each one's praise will come from God. So the Bible tells us that when we meet God, the motives of our heart will be revealed. God is going to show the motives of our actions. And the Bible says that when the motives are, of our actions are revealed, then everyone will have their praise from God. So if everything you did here on earth deserves praise from God, had the right motives, then you are going to have praise from Him. But if your motive and your objective for pursuing God is not right, but you are following after material things, and you are following after the things that God is able to give you, you will not have praise from God. Just like Jesus Christ rebuked these people when they followed him because of bread. It is the same way that we are going to rebuke at the end of the age. And that's why the Bible says some people will come and say, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And he says, I never knew you. It means you never had a relationship with me. You know people through relationship. 
you don't know you will not know people through service for instance when you go to work there are a lot of people that you serve let's say the grocery store they serve so many people but they don't have a relationship with them the people they have a relationship with are the people who they spend time with their families their friends and so god if we are using god like a service he can give you everything you need sometimes you might even pray for people and they'll be healed but you don't spend time you don't you don't if you don't invest time in fellowship in relationship then he will not know you and you will not know him and so god wants to have fellowship with us he wants to know us and so this year as we set our heart to pursue god uh, we should get our motive right. That I'm not pursuing God because I want Him to give me a lot of money. And of course, I know that He can give you a lot of money. I am not pursuing God just because I want, I want to be healed. Or even I want somebody to be healed. Or I want a family member to be healed. But I'm pursuing God because I desire a relationship with Him. Because I want to know Him because I want him to know me. The Bible says everything is open and naked before whom we have to deal with. God knows our heart. He sees through us when we come to him. And so this morning, I want us to change our motives. Let's have the right motive. Everything that we are doing for God is because one day we desire to see him to spend eternity with him and to have fellowship with him. If this is our motive, then we are on the right track and we should keep that as because there are times that we will get into needs that might shift our focus. But let's remind ourselves or times that we feel disappointed because God did not answer a certain prayer. But let's remind ourselves that knowing God is the first and the most important thing. Having a relationship with him is more important than having your needs. Of course, he's going to meet your needs because he has promised and we know that he's faithful. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. Amen. Shall we pray? I just want us to pray right now, asking God, Asking for the help of the Holy Spirit to keep the most important thing the most important, to keep the first thing the first. We are praying that the Holy Spirit will help us have a genuine commitment to Christ, not because of the things that He will give us, but because of who He is. Let's just begin to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we have come to you this morning asking, O God, that you overshadow us with your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask for strength, O oh God, that we will seek after you with a genuine heart, that our heart desire will be to have a relationship with you. Our heart desire will be to fellowship with you. Our heart desire will be that we will see you one day in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that let not our heart get into material things. But let our heart continually be after you. And let us desire and hunger after righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.